1: Hello, everyone. We have a very special guest with us today. So just a brief pause here, and
2: we'll be right back with you. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a 1,000 pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, This community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism.
1: Our woes with uh, health insurance. (laughs) Um, and we thought uh, we've been we've been connecting with uh, a company, um, an organization um, that has out of out of woes due to health insurance and that very broken system that we all have to navigate. Is uh, they've generated and come up with a uh, platform and a resource for all of our families, and so. I'm going to welcome um, Chris Olmanson, Olmanson, right? Is yep, that how you say sorry. it, Chris? Okay. Uh, to, to our podcast today. Uh, he is the one of the co-founders of um, an organization that we're called Beaming Health. Um, and I first became oriented with Beaming Health uh, as I had joined in um, to, uh, I guess it was like a talk series or they had a... The opportunity to have a special guest on, they had Dr. Temple Grandin on, and I um, actually uh, really enjoyed being on for that conversation. I've attended uh, to a lot of things that uh, her speaking engagements um, from the past, and uh, have read a lot of literature uh, based around her work and her research and her experience as um, an autistic woman. Um. So. Anyway, that was how I first started learning about what Beanie Health was. But it was, it's much more than just, you know, providing those little opportunities. I would say that that might be added value to, um, to what you guys do. So, um, but so I, that's, that's my little welcome mat here. So if you want to tell us uh, a little bit about your background, Um, and, um, then the origin of, of Beaming Health, that would be great.
3: Awesome. Thanks, Jean. Uh, so background on me, I worked at United Healthcare for four years, the big, bad insurance company, and, uh, (laughs) it's actually exciting. I I was able to be part of a group that was doing something good within the company. Um, so basically what we're doing is we were helping parents who have kids with complex needs navigate health insurance and get the care that they need. Uh, we were started when a VP at, um, Optum or United, um, had a kid who needed to get a, like a $500 scooter approved. And it ended up taking him over 20 phone calls into United to get the thing approved. And he was like, oh my God, if it's this hard for me, who's literally worked at this company for over 20 years. How hard must it be for everyone else? And a lot of these families with kids with complex needs are some of the ones who are calling the most. on the phone every week fighting for some claim that got denied to get approved and he was like we need to do something about it so we started this group started super small um there were i think 10 of us to start and we what we did is we paired parents up with a united advisor who just got to know them took ownership of any issues that happened and was their one person that they could call if they had issues pop up and what we saw was just people loved it. Like the, uh, the key learning was that, wow, like the bar is really low right now. Uh, People do not expect very much from their insurance company because they have such a history of being really, really hard to work with. And when we would give, give parents someone that they could talk to and who would actually take ownership of their issue. So instead of it taking 20 phone calls, it took one and you could trust someone to actually do something. Um, People loved it. People would write in and say, oh, my God, you guys are a godsend for me. Oh, my God, I can't believe something like this exists. For me, it was like, wow, all we're doing is we're doing the things that we should have been doing all along. We're just resolving people's insurance issues. Um, But it did just get the wheels turning around. Wow. What are the other things that we can do in this very broken system where things are way more complicated than they need to be to get people the care that they need? Um, So it was a lot of the inspiration in in beaming um, ended up coming to business school um, with this idea of hey would love to continue doing something for this community there's so much need here there's so much like so many broken things still here that could be improved with relatively simple technologies um, and wanted to to continue that Um, ended up meeting my co-founder marissa in a class actually that we were taking it was about how do we make healthcare better um, and I'd come with this idea of, hey, there's a lot of broken things in this, in this system, particularly for this community. How can we build something that's going to make the lives of all these families a little bit better? Um, and we, what we ended up doing is we just talked to tons of different parents and heard, what are the biggest things that you're running into? What are the biggest challenges? And over and over, one of the things that we heard was how hard it is to start services, How long waiting lists can be, and how complex it could be to find the right in network providers. Because we know that going in network is a lot easier than going out of network, but a lot of times you don't know that there are in network providers near you, or it's just really hard to navigate all that. So we said, hey, what if we created something very simply, like a, a directory that makes it easy to know who is good near you, who actually takes your insurance? and who has a, a shorter waiting list? And how can we get parents started with the services that they need for their kid faster? And that was the whole premise of Beaming. It's, it's very simple. It's not this super complex AI technology that um, it's never been heard of. It's helping people get started with services that they need faster and easier. And, oh.
1: So I love. Uh, I actually love the uh, name of the class. Um, that should be a class that everyone um, that would go into anything healthcare should have to take. How do we make healthcare better? That just sounds like like that just makes sense. It just makes so much sense. And it's, if more people were taking that class, then we might actually have some some more people like you um, offering some remedies um, and some relief. Um, and increasing that accessibility for for our families. So that is really, really awesome. Where did you go to school again?
3: Um, Stanford Business School.
1: Okay, okay. Well, no wonder it's a little a little exceptional there. <laughs> so good job, Stanford. <laughs> not 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 too shabby, not too shabby. Uh, everyone else, take notes. Take notes. Um, and
3: I, I will maybe put in a quick plug for my co-founder as well. I think that one of the best things about going to business school is just getting to meet other amazing people. Uh Marissa's background, she is um, a brother with a special health care need, and her family's experienced this firsthand. Um, so when we were paired in this class, it was like, wow, I had this work experience where I've seen this firsthand. She's has this lived experience of growing up and seeing everything that her parents have gone through, her brothers gone through and getting the services that they need. And she also was all in and wow, we need to solve this. There needs to be a better, easier way because I've seen how much struggle there is. And it's like, the world should not be like this. It shouldn't be this hard.
1: Yeah. That's really actually, you know, outside of the school element, but, um, to, you know, cause our, we have other children besides our own exceptional children, um, you know, that are neurotypical and, you know, that's, we hope that there's some contribution that they offer, um, to the world on the other side of this, um, because they've, they have had that personal lived experience, Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stories like that, the great stories that have, have birthed from that. So that's extremely commendable. Her family must be so proud and pleased with that. Um, that's, that is really, really awesome. Really, really awesome. Sorry. Uh, we're really just... Doting on <laughs> Marissa. Sorry, Chris. we love no. Marissa. She's great. She is. She is. Um, so when we first um, spoke with you, uh, you talked about um, some personal stories um, of and experiences that you had with with families, um, like individually. And helping them navigate that. So did, do you have any, um, that, that come to mind that you think, you know, would be really valuable to share with our, you know, with our listeners, um, just to kind of, it gives them, uh, a little bit of walkthrough experience and even some tips. It's not you necessarily providing the tips, but because you actually, Walked them through this experience. That gives them a little bit of understanding about some pathways they can take to maybe access what they need to for their kids. Um, that would be really, really amazing. So, do you do you have any anything come to mind?
3: Yeah, totally. Um, would love to use the the four years of insurance experience to help others. Got to see a lot of <laughs> a lot of experiences and um want people to avoid some of these and and learn from some of the successes that I was able to see. Mm-hmm. So one maybe the, the one I'll start with would be um when I was at United, there was a policy, a very common policy around how many therapy visits you were allocated. Um, so most people in their insurance plans are only allocated maybe 20 to 30 visits for say speech therapy or occupational therapy per year. Um, and the insurance company oftentimes doesn't do a good job of communicating what those visit limits are, um, to the point that oftentimes people will hit those exceed them without knowing that they were exceeding them. So there was, there was one instance actually of a a family who, um, was getting speech therapy throughout the year and thought that they were, good. It was necessary, medically necessary and continued getting it. I think that they were allocated 20 visits for the year and they ended up getting like 80. Um, and they didn't know that they had gone over by 60 and they got the bill and they said that, uh, they were basically told, Hey, you're, you're on the hook for these extra 60 that are over your, your benefit limit. And the person, uh, Basically, was just in shock around. Wow, I don't have fifteen, twenty thousand dollars to pay for the sixty extra visits. Um, they were. There was a whole episode around. I think the the mom ended up like having like a, a um, just a lot of anxiety around this. Ended up having to go to the emergency room for a while because she was just so nervous around, wow, how are we going to pay for this? Um, We ended up working with the family to be able to uh, basically not make it so that the the family wasn't on the hook for it. Um, But it was a long process and it was a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety around something that um, maybe could have been more clearly communicated to them. Uh, One of the big learnings from that was, wow, we need to do a better job of communicating what these visit limits are for people. Um, and helping them know what are the tools in which they could actually get more visits. Um though that was one of the bigger things of if if the family had known, all right, going in, I have 20 visits, here are ways in which we can either spread those out throughout the course of the year and or work with the insurance company to try to get more proactively. Um, it would have saved a lot of heartache. Um so is that what
1: you did? Did that did they have to appeal? Did they have to actually go through the appeal process and then, then they got the authorization for the additional units, is that?
3: Yes. Yeah, so they went through the appeal process, and there was a whole, um I mean, it was a lot of phone calls, um, but it was our advocates who were working hand-in-hand hand with the family to make sure that they were able, they were going to be okay. Um, so ended up, the end of the story was positive, um, and it was great that we were able to um, make sure that the family was not on the hook for it. Uh, but it was super stressful. Um, I was actually just talking with one of my colleagues and at United, they actually just made a few months ago a decision to, for many of their plans to get rid of that therapy limit um, so that more families won't have to go through that same same experience. Um, But it's not necessarily true across all plans. It's not necessarily true across all insurance companies. So that's a big thing to watch out for. So I'm
1: glad um, that you specified that, so everyone's like, "Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. PSA United is limitless units on all of your therapies." I'm just
3: no, totally. totally. Yeah. I'd say one other big learning from that is uh, just how important it is to be an advocate. Um, like the what ends up happening is the the parents who end up fighting for the care that their their kid needs are the ones that end up, um, over time, getting largely getting res- uh, resolution to the issues. It's not necessarily that things are going to be paid every single time, um, but it is wrong to ins- to assume that the insurance company is right. Um, there's a lot of mistakes that, that are made, and many times when you do call and you have you know, valid arguments around what was wrong, um, they are able to, to, to change things. Um, I think the, the worst thing would be to accept, Oh, I got this bill. Of course, like, even though it's way higher than I thought it would be, they must be right. Cause oftentimes that, that really is not the case. Um, and maybe it's like a, a form of, of advocacy. What I actually saw was the most effective was actually going to social media. Um, so what we found is there would be sometimes, um, folks who would call in and they'd be looking for, Hey, you know, I got this claim denied. I don't think it should have been denied. And with maybe not necessarily our team, but other teams, they would get kind of the bring them a roll around, Hey, you know, that we can't help with that. They would end up calling many, many times. And what ended up working for them a lot of times is when they would post on Facebook or they'd post on Twitter, they'd get some sort of following. We had a specific group dedicated to tracking social media. Um, so it was really interesting to see that, wow, when people posted on social media, they got someone right away who is identifying, wow, we need to help this family address whatever concerns they have. And they would oftentimes get answers a lot faster. Um,
1: yeah. And you mean just by going on like Facebook or Twitter, what, what do you, what was
3: Yeah. like, which those, particular
1: those, platform?
3: Those were the two that, uh, okay. at least when i was there which was a while ago mm-hmm. um were the ones that that they were tracking the most um i don't know what they are today but uh those seem Maybe like somebody's
2: making like... like a tiktok dance about like their insurance <laughs> journey and someone's tracking that somewhere now i don't know yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i have in other um arenas not just how totally, you know not in, you know health insurance matters but with with other things like utility providers and stuff like that i i have had previous experience that, that when you're calling customer service and you're leaving messages or you're waiting for someone to, that it was just much quicker to go to social media and, you know, tag them in something. I, I think for us, for, for us in our house, I think we've used Twitter for, for that. Um, and it's mainly too, because they, uh, they don't also want to see, they don't want out there that. These negative things happens because that you know tarnishes their name, their brand, the their quality of whatever it is that they they're offering the public, and um, so that is an excellent excellent tip, and it probably is something that is just not thought of and underutilized. And I, I think it too. The reason why that happens is that when you get your explanation of benefits in the mail, or you get a statement or a bill. Um, there's, you get all of the the disclaimers and the guidelines for the, for the appeals process. So you're l- looking at it only from that, you know, bureaucratic angle, which can seem really overwhelming for families. So that, that is what you mentioned, you know, if you advocate, you, you may t- be a process, but, it, but it will yield meet results that you are, are seeking. Um, we talk about this a lot on the podcast. It's always analyzing and assessing is the juice going to be worth the squeeze? Um, because it is laborsome. Uh, is it a battle that we are going to choose to pick? Is it, is it worth, is it worth picking? Is it worth fighting? Um, because the capacities, you know, for families like ours, depending on the, the, their child's needs or any even other demands in their life. They just, or this will shelve it and be like, you know what? I just don't even have time for this. Um, I think the, one of the things that is on their side in doing that is that you usually have a nice time span, you know, once, before there's expectation to pay, you have a length of time. Um, if you're, if you've done the initial call or touch point with the company, they know that you're trying to work it out. They're not necessarily then going to penalize you, um, because you are trying to sort through things. Um, they're giving you grace and, you know, there's a, there is not this immediate turnaround. So, Even from the appeals process, they have a certain bandwidth of time. Um, So it's not, these things just don't get resolved overnight and they're not expected to, but it does, it is very angsty. You know, you, you want this off of your plate. You don't want this burden. You don't want this thing looming over you. Um, It just does add this extra layer of stress for those families, which then honestly, it, it impairs their own health. I mean, yeah. it makes us sick. You know, yeah. we, we 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 get sick over it. Um, just, you know, gave the example of the mom was, was in the hospital. Yeah, I mean, I, well, Brittany was in the hospital last year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not because of an insurance claim, but yes. But just,
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, just we trying to, it's really hard to manage our own health care on top of trying to manage our kids' health care. And a lot of times those people on the other side of the phone don't realize that they don't have a window into your life. They don't, they're just looking at checking the boxes. Am I doing my job? Right. But they don't realize what the other consequences are to these inefficiencies and, lack of accessibility and denials, um, how that, what the trickling effect and impact is to, to the families themselves. It's not just, it's more holistic than that. It's not just about the kid or kids. Um, so it's very, very, very frustrating and it can be, um, can be demoralizing too, because you're just like, this is, this is healthcare. You know, these are, you know, sometimes even down to basic human needs. Um, and it can be, uh, what is the other word that I'm searching for? Like, you know, just the, the disappointment, um, just take the wind out of your sails. Um, and so, you know, that make, that can make it harder for those families to even feel the motivation to say, yeah, I really... Can't afford to pay this bill, or I know this is wrong, but I just don't have the time and energy right now. I'm just so, you know, disappointed. It's kind of, I mean, it kind of made it sound like it's a love story, but it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> But it does. It's, I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And I know, you know, when we had our first appeal, first denial, um, the, the folks on the other side, you know, of the phone, used to be in the field um that where they were denying the serv- my kids services too and i when i found out that they were bcbas i said how in good faith could you possibly think in like your own personal morality that this is correct yeah right like you tell me exactly how to turn this around like right now yeah. um you know and I, I don't think a lot of times y- you when we are on phone with these individuals, you think that it may just be a basic customer service person. And sometimes it is. But in the authorizations departments, they actually have to have certain credentials. And, you know, there are doctors that are um, you know, on staff of the health insurance companies that help the that tell the health insurance companies, yes, this is a viable need. This this child needs to be authorized for services. And these are things I didn't realize until I was getting deeper into the appeals process myself. Um, You know, that I'm like, oh my gosh, a doctor is now denying that my kid needs these additional hours or, you know, or they don't want to authorize the, the, they want to, they want to reduce the units. Um, And in your, the, my clinicians are spending time trying to help me convince them, you know, a doctor. And the thing is is those people are no longer really working in the field. They have the title, but it's like once they've walked out and not they're not on the those doors anymore. So I think, you know, it, it's good for people to to know that. It's not just people who are just their only the understanding is just the actual, you know, health insurance company it's not just the company itself, it is actually you know the fabric of the by design actually does have those other credential people that are <laughs> you're trying to get services for your kid like that's what they did. they just either retired or you know decided they didn't want to you know deal with the you know in a clinical setting anymore, and they moved into this kind of you know office position and um so it can be.
2: Really? I have a question hard. about that actually. Yeah. Chris, I don't know. I know you just you've only worked with United Healthcare specifically, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the only insurance company you've been with. But um how does one, so let's say I am trying to get more speech therapy hours for my child. How does one get on that team or get to get access to those people where you are given an advocate or a person that's in charge, you know, quote, in charge of your, your case or your claim. Yeah. Do you have to specifically ask for that? Does someone just automatically assign that person to you? Like, can you speak on that a little bit? How does one get some help?
3: <laughs> yeah, well. totally. Yeah. And everything that you're saying to Gene, yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's should not be as hard as it is. It, the insurance companies make things way harder than they need to be. Um, and it, I don't know in seeing families interact with United on a weekly basis. It was like, God damn, like things should be way easier than they are right now. And yeah, it's, it's broken and it needs fixing. Um, yeah. And to answer your question, Brittany, on, on how people would access the team when I was there, they were automatically routed to the team based on, um, Claim certain claims that had been processed it was based on like a number of claims. If they saw that, oh wow, like you're getting a lot of services, it would usually um, route you there. If there were certain um, diagnosis codes associated with the claims, you would get routed there. Um, I, I have not honestly kept up with the team enough to be able to know if if that's changed. Um, I, I have heard of some people who do request. To be on that team. And um, sometimes customer service advocates don't know that that team exists. So it's harder to get over there. Uh, but
2: it's, it's I've literally had that happen to me. Yeah. Like, do you have like as a team or somebody who specializes? I've never heard of that. I have no idea what you're talking about. And then you talk to somebody else. They're like, oh yeah, let me connect you.
3: Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's tough because a lot of the, a lot of the advocates, you know, maybe just started two months ago. And they have no training in well they have the maybe two months of training of how to help resolve claims but there could be fresh out of high school fresh out of college and and just don't necessarily have the background or the expertise to really be able to to work through these things there were some amazing amazing advocates who had worked at united for 20 years and everyone wanted to work with jody nazi she was just she was the best she Knew the ins and outs of everything, and if you got with her, she was going to get get to the bottom of things. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's it's oftentimes a role that um, people are in and out of, and it's it's complex. Um, and I think that it like there is a a component of you know a lot of times the person that you're talking to isn't necessarily the decision maker, uh, but there are decision makers higher up that could you know could do more things to make to make the whole process easier. Um and there needs to be more programs like the one that I was in and and just more investment in making the whole experience better, both from a resolution standpoint, but also everything that you're saying, Gene, from a just proactive, these issues shouldn't happen from the get-go. We shouldn't have to go through the whole appeal process in order to get something approved that should have been approved in the first place. It should have been a easy yes. And it's hours upon hours of someone's time in which you already don't have very much time. Like you're, you're talking about exactly what you're saying. Like maybe you have a 30 minute window in between all of your kids activities to make a phone call. And one, that's not the the person that you want to be talking to talking to your health insurance company. Um, but it just, it shouldn't be that it shouldn't be this hard. Um, so it's- yeah,
1: it's not a it's not a call for a good time. You, know? uh, I, you don't. <laughs> nobody calls their health insurance company because they're like, "Hey, I'm just uh, looking for a friend and good conversation." Um, also, if you can just pass me off to just more people too, that also I, I really enjoy that. You know, because well, the phone carousel is just amazing. And,
2: yeah, and we are joking, and yeah, of course, like that's not why we're calling. Yeah, but but having said all of that, this is my little my little disclaimer, you know, time of, of the podcast, Wh- whoever, when you are talking to people on the phone, whether they are fresh to the job, have had those two months of training and not a single more, or you're getting that golden person who has worked there 20 years and can get things done at the drop of a hat. They're people, everybody, they're people just like we are. They, they have bad days. They could have their own set of, you know, they could have their own special need child themselves. You never know. So I know it's really, really hard, but I have found personally that the more professional and the less emotion I bring into the conversation, the more effective it is overall. Now that doesn't mean anyone's perfect at that, but if you can, if you can try your best to not yell at the person you're talking to on the insurance call, even if it's been the 20th time you've been passed off to somebody. I I have found that it's been more helpful that way. Taking really, really good notes and finding out the names of the people you're actually talking to so you could maybe talk to them again the next time you call. Is also something that has really helped me a lot. And the same goes for social media too. Like I think that's an excellent tip. And I I wouldn't have even thought about doing that. But to shout out people on social media, don't be nasty about it. State the facts and and hopefully you will be able to connect with somebody who can help you. But yeah, don't don't start off, you know. Guns blazing, maybe I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah. Totally. i i had to
1: I had to learn to 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 hone that in and dial that
2: back. No, gee, I know, you? I know,
1: shocking, shocking, <laughs> shocking, <very laughs> shocking. Um, I, you know, and and sometimes though, I there is times where I do have to come down and be the hammer. By the time that I have sure, reached the twentieth sure. person, yeah. and I go, listen, I have been passed around. I have had to restate this story right. and what is going on. You know, this is enough is enough kind of thing, like kind of like giving them a little bit of line in the sand, and uh, sure. So sometimes, you know, it's it's just it's it's a little give and take. It's a little give and take. Um, It just depends on you know, who you're, who you're talking to and how the process has been going from soup to nuts. And usually you might get that person that, and that's what you want to get is the person that's going to empathize, who understands how much you've been passed off. And it's like, all right, it's going to be up to me yeah. to ho- hopefully help resolve this and remedy this for you to kind of streamline this a little bit. So, um, so Chris, I, I want to know um, what me Health is doing now and maybe things maybe that are on the horizon, um, that are, that are being developed. Um, as far as how your, how your website and, um, platform has like, is providing this services, you know, to, to our community, because this is excellent, especially for probably even families starting out, um, on the journey and navigating healthcare. It's a nice little, it's almost like your companion. Um, you know, along and it, it connect. You know, just bridge bridge a few gaps. So, if you don't mind, kind yeah. of telling us a little bit about that, that'd be great.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, one of the other biggest things that I saw at United was just the the difference in working with an in network provider versus an out of network provider. Um, one, the insurance company just doesn't make it very easy to know who's in your network, and sometimes the network isn't very expansive, so you're very limited options, but there are a lot of things that you can bypass by staying in network. Um, there are more things that it's on the provider's side to do versus on your side as the parent. And generally the costs are just um, significantly lower if you, if you stay in network. So one of the, the biggest things that we provide with beaming is trying to give all parents a bird's eye view into, hey, what are all of your in-network options near you? Um, So you can make the best decision for your family. A lot of times you might call your insurance company and they give you, hey, here are three places you can go. Um, Or sometimes the insurance company actually has out of date lists of who's in their network. And um, what we end up doing is we've put together all of the speech therapists, ABA therapists, occupational therapists. Um, physical therapists, music, uh, like I think we have forty different services on our site, and you can search for them, and you can actually filter based on your insurance company to figure out all right who are the different providers in my area, um, and then within each of those providers, you can see what all of the the reviews are about them. So we accumulate Google and um, Yelp, and then we also have our own Beaming reviews with the hope of consolidating everything that everyone said on the internet. We know that reviews don't necessarily tell the whole story. Oftentimes reviews can be written by people who are either really angry or really excited um, about, a, about a provider. Um, so it's you get fewer of the the middle ground, but it's it's a data point. Um, and what we've done is we've just accumulated as much information as we can about each of the providers, to try to help families make the right decision for their family and at least have this bird's eye view into who exists so that it's not just, oh, my friend told me about this one provider, but they have a 12 month waiting list. So I guess I'm waiting for 12 months. It's instead, my friend told me about this provider. They have 12 month waiting list. That's an option. There are also these other options that I found on Beaming in which maybe we could get in a little bit earlier. And now it's a decision-making process of, of who you end up going with. Um, so that's, that's current state. We also have content. We also have, um, uh, a roadmap that people can, can use it's basically by filling in your kid's age and, um, uh, when they receive a diagnosis, if they have a diagnosis, uh, we personalize a roadmap for you, uh, that goes through the most important steps that, that you can take. Um, and really what we've tried to do is it's by working with clinical professionals, but by working with parents social workers, advocates, we've put in there, what are the most important things that you can be doing right now? We know that there are a million things on your plate. We don't want things to be overwhelming, but if we could just tell you, Hey, if you focus on these three things of the next month, that's going to move the needle the most. Um, that's, that's what we have right now. As far as what we're looking at in the future, um, we are looking at how can we do even more, especially very early in the journey of how do we get people (laughs) Start with services as fast as possible and maybe do even more hand-holding as far as, hey, things are really hard. We're going to be here by your side and we're going to help make sure that you're getting all the care that you need and that you're taking all the appropriate steps. Right now, everything is self-service where you can go on and access everything by yourself. But we know that sometimes you just need someone to talk to. You need someone who's been through it, who's able to empathize with you and is able to walk you through some of the things or t- and talk, talk you through the things that just might be more complex. Um, so we're looking so you're at talking the,
1: about kind of like a li- li- liaison service kind of yeah,
3: thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're, Maybe. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're exploring that right now and I've heard generally that people would find that to be helpful. We know that there are nonprofits that exist right now that, um, sort of do that. We know that there are government programs that exist that sort of do that. Uh, from what we've heard is that a lot of times it's just, uh, hard to get continuity of that service it's hard to actually get in touch with someone. Um, so we would uh, be looking to partner with maybe employers or insurance companies in the future to help get that paid for, for, for families. Um, we're still in the very early stages of that, but that is the, the goal. The goal is not to, Hey, we're going to create a service that's super expensive for parents to pay for because that's not, it's not why we got into it. It's not the, <laughs> there are other people that should be footing this bill. And we're doing everything in our power to make it so that everything that, um, families would access would be free for them.
1: That is, um, that, I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's kind of dreamy. Um, that's, that's really, really nice. I mean, if, if I had something, you know, I had, that was accessible to me because of the, like, even for me in my, on our own situation, when we, we moved away from family, so we weren't, we didn't have a nanny you know, it was just mainly me, um, and my, and my husband at the time to like get all this done and take care of the kids and navigate this. Cause also just the, the thing that's not factored in here and on the other, you know, the professionals on the other side uh, of this that are, you know, pulling the, playing the cards and (laughs) pulling the chains here. Um, don't know that the parents don't even really fully understand their child's diagnosis yet. Right. They, mm-hmm. they are pro- processing this and, and in our, there's a huge, huge learning curve with that alone. Um, so that would really reduce stress and increase accessibility for them um, and having that. Cause there's something to be said. Definitely. You're having a person. Uh, I mean, it's, I technology is, is great, <laughs> but not always. <laughs> and it can be really frustrating when you're calling a place and all you can do is, you know, okay, press four for this and it's all automation. Right. Um, and you're just like, okay, well there's, there's some nuance here. And I would like to talk to a person. Can, can I talk to a person? Is there a person that works? in this place. Um, so that would be, that would, that would be amazing. Um, you guys, so obviously I get your, your newsletters. Um, so you have a newsletter that goes out. How often do you guys send them out?
3: Uh, we try to send them out about twice a month.
2: Okay. Um, something else I wanted to highlight on there too. You do have a community page on there, um, where, you can, it's, it's like a, a message board. I don't know if I'm describing it the best way, but you can go on there and you can ask a question and you can try to connect with other parents or other people that are on Beaming Health. And I've used that a a few times and it, it is really nice to be able to do that. It's, that's, that's another way to speak to maybe somebody who maybe has some experience in whatever issue you're dealing with. But, um, and I will say like Beaming Health is not paying us to say any of this. This is not like sponsored content. We just genuinely love this website and this service, and that's why we have Chris on, and that's why we've chatted with Marissa in the past, and we just really want to bring this to your attention. Um, I love how everything is kind of bite-sized on there. You have articles about a specific topic, like eating, um, you know, picky eaters or uh, the holidays, maybe some tips and tricks on navigating the holidays with your child or whatever. And they're, they're easily digestible little bits of information, especially for those parents who are maybe just starting out. Um, It's very overwhelming and you can, you can really, um, (laughs) you know, spiral yourself down very quickly trying to absorb everything at once. And so I like how, it's broken into smaller portions that maybe maybe it's easier to to process. So keep that in mind. To like pace yourself, even with the beaming health and trying to find providers and things. Like take take your time. It's there for you to use and and um and just digest what you can. <laughs> and and that
1: roadmap tool is yes pretty. I mean that is probably my biggest complaint that came out of my mouth the first two years. Uh, I mean, it's still there because it's still a pervasive issue is there's no roadmap for this. Mm. You know, there's no parents don't know what the next measures are, steps are for their kids when they have this, you know, they get this diagnosis. And, And honestly, they all they they. They don't all mirror each other either, so it's really hard. That that is also very overwhelming for them. So just knowing that they can plug in information and get, you know, their a list of their top three priorities and just like focusing on that um, is really really helpful. So with that tool, then does it then develop more like the roadmap? have the, you know, okay, I've done these three things now, are you going to tell me what are the next?
3: That's right. That's right. I need to do. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And as your child gets older as well, you can come back and, um, it will update based on new ages. You know, that as kids get into middle school or high school, there's a lot of things to be thinking about in transition to adulthood. Um, and a lot of Mm -hmm. things you can start thinking about even The age of eight or nine or ten of things to make sure to include in your IP or different skills to start to to think about building. Um, so yeah, want to make it or it is um dynamic so that it it does change based on based on age.
1: That's amazing. You said one of my favorite words or phrases is transition plans. I just want to know what the transition plan is, you know. Um yes, that is a very big undertaking um, for the families to prepare for that, for their kids. It's, it happens in so many arenas, um, on this journey, you know, with healthcare, as they age, their physiology changes, um, and just, you know, kind of things even just by default. And it takes planning and preparation and understanding. And, uh, there are a lot of moving parts. So that is really nice, really nice, very nicely thought out. And that's I was just, uh, (laughs) like whose brainchild is that? (laughs) Who comes, do you guys have a, is it just you and Marissa or you have a team? Um, what is, what is is, like the makeup look like?
3: Yes, we do. We do have a broader team. Um, we have two other full-time folks who are awesome. And then a number of contractors that we work with as well. Um, say the, one of the biggest components in us just developing new things is, We talk with a lot of parents. We're really lucky to have a strong group of parents who have been supportive of us. And we have meetings every week with people. um, And we hear about what their challenges have been and what would be really helpful in helping um, navigate things. So a lot of these these are not our novel ideas. They're ideas that came from other parents of, oh, if only this existed, that would be so helpful. or, Or only if this existed. Or, wow, I'm spending so much time on this why is why hasn't something been developed and that's where that's where the ideas come from so cannot so, cannot, so kind
1: yeah. of like so kind of like an advisory boards. so that yeah, you yeah. this must be uh the you know you must have went to business school or something <laughs>
3: <laughs> what i learned is that anything that i try to just create from my own mind is probably not going to be super helpful it's a lot more helpful <laughs> to just talk with someone who is the expert and hear what they want built and then to build that
1: very smart, um, so wise. But, but you also might be selling yourself a little short there. But I—that yes. <laughs> is very humble and uh, respectable to, to say. And honestly, a lot of people in any many industries should probably be be doing that because that's how you figure out how you can best serve people. So um, I didn't know that. That's awesome that you have that. I, I literally was—that um, was a request that I had with one of our cl- clinical providers. As I said you guys have, you, you're popping up new clinics everywhere. You know, you have this, these, these teams, these regional directors, you have all, you're doing all of these things to create more efficient, but you're not serving the families. You're not finding out what the families need. I like offered my services for free. I said, I can, I can start that. Like, just where, where can you put me where I can, provide input for you so that you can figure out how you guys can better serve your families. Because yeah, it is a little bit of a, uh, there's a lot of big industry now with, with serving our autistic kiddos and, you know, from speech therapy, occupational therapy, ABA, and they, you know, it's like a a revolving door, but you also want retention. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are businesses you, you need to retain your, your customers. Um, so, you know, clinicians, you need, (laughs) you need to be doing this too. And, and the guy, the guys on the ground, they know that, um, it's, it's the corporate, it's the overarching, it's the, the umbrellas. Um, so, I know that was not the purpose of our conversation, but if there's an additional tip I can say for parents and their advocacy is don't be afraid to say, Hey, I think this is something that's going to help provide better service overall to all of your families. Like, especially when you couch things like that to those, those companies, they're a little bit more receptive. So with my pursuits with that, what had ended up happening was, is they started, um, creating, um, parent groups so that they could network the parents, um, at the, you know, like the, the ABA center and also offer, um, added value of, okay, well, you know, we're going to have a little get to know you kind of thing and be people to be able to kind of fraternize with one another. But also there's, there's an educ educational aspect to it. You're going to walk away with some new helpful information, Um and and that I said because if you if you figure out ways for fam families to do things better, it's actually gonna help the clinicians do their job even better. The Mm -hmm. more you're informing them um on the processes around or the whys why you're doing something because it could just be this revolving door, you know, especially from pickup, drop off, pick, you know, when with your kids and there's, there can be very little interaction. Um, and a lot of the parents don't understand all the steps and the moving parts. So, um, that, you know, you're that that's very commendable having, having a parent advisory board that will help you guys continue to develop even more. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to see, all the new things that you guys are going to create to help all of our families. We're going to have to make sure we're keeping a really close eye so we don't miss something. Um, so we can share that good news uh, with the communities when that, when that comes up. So, awesome. um, Thank you. yeah. Um, Brittany, do you have, did you have any other, did we, did we cover the scope of what we definitely wanted to talk with Chris about today?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> um, I definitely, Chris, if you have anything else, please add on, but I, um, definitely want to shout out, make make sure you're going to the website, which is binginghealth.com and follow them on Instagram too. I love, um, we mom stuck autism follow you guys on Instagram and it'll pop up in the stories. There was a really cool segment just in the last, it won't be on there. Obviously when we, publish this but maybe you can re- <laughs> repost it sometime but it was this whole like take this autism quiz and just see what you know about autism in general it was just true false questions go through it I got a hundred percent I'm just saying Um uh, but uh, they're not they're not trick questions but uh, but it was just it was very uh, interesting you, you just kind of talked about some of those um, those maybe misconceptions that are out there right now about autism and it just starts the conversation and then there was a link to an article after it was i love that kind of stuff it's easy bite sized like i said digestible little pieces that um, it's very very easy for you if you're starting out to to enter into this realm um, or to pass that on to maybe a loved one or a friend or a family member who wants more information on how to support you as a family and uh, i think that's a really another key component this is a this is a good way for them to maybe start researching. So just wanted to highlight that.
3: Thanks for that. That's super cool. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, And maybe one other thing that we'd love to hit on. So I know we talked a little bit about health insurance. I'd love to go through just a quick hit list of other tips and tricks, if that would be, be helpful. Um, we love that. So I can we
2: lo- we're all Gene and I, like that's our favorite thing. So <laughs> <Yeah>. go ahead. <laughs> what tips and tricks you got for us. All right.
3: <laughs> we'll see if any of these are new or novel. Um so get a lot of questions about how do I choose the right plan for my family. Um so there's there's two dimensions to that. One is choosing the company. The insurance carrier that you work with sometimes your employer only gives you one options then you just have one option sometimes you have the ability to choose off of the exchange where there are many different companies Um, in choosing the company um, the best advice we usually tell folks is hey talk to other parents in your area because for example kaiser might be great in one part of california but maybe it's not good in other parts um, or United might be great here, and they might have great coverage, but in other places they're not great. Uh, the best way to to know is, is, you theoretically could call and compare and see who's who all is a network. But the best way to do it is just ask other parents, which one do you have, and which one has been the best, and which is have you heard is the best. Then, as far as choosing the actual plan, uh, we actually have an article on our site around how to choose that. Uh, but generally, what we find is that if you have higher health expenditures over the course of the year, it makes sense to have a lower deductible, higher premium plan. If you have less expected expenditures, um, better to have a high deductible, low premium plan. Uh, we have a whole article around how to go about doing those calculations. Um, uh, but generally the families that we work with and have seen, um, generally tend to have the higher premium, low deductible plans, which just means that, um, Yeah, it it ends up being better economically to um, to do those. Um, Another thing that I'd I'd add is around getting things approved. Um, There are certain things called benefit exceptions and gap exceptions. These are called exceptions because they're not the norm, but they do happen time um, every once in a while. Talk to talk to both of them. So a gap exception, what that is, is basically if you find that there are no in network providers in your area um, that can serve you within a reasonable amount of time, you can file what's called a gap exception, which means that you can see an out-of-network provider for the in-network rate. Um, they are rare; they take a lot of ag- advocacy. They're pain pain in the butt to do, but they are possible. Um, so that is always an option. If say you're on a 12-month waiting list to get any any kind of services, you can ask about. Hey, well, there's this out-of-network provider here. Can I see them instead? Uh, and at least it's it's worth asking. Um, another thing is called a benefit exception. So the way that health insurance oftentimes works is the employer is actually the one that's choosing what is covered in your plan, and then the health insurance company is the one that's more so administering that. Um, there are times, for example, the the instance that I shared around. Um, the family that got 80 visits of speech therapy when only 20 of them were covered. In that situation, there was a hard limit to that plan where they would only cover 20. What they ended up doing was going back to the employer and said, hey, can we actually cover this for one of your families? This is the situation. This is why we think it should be covered. And the employer ended up saying, yep, sounds good. We're going to cover that. Um, There are ways in which you can be proactive around if you know that there is something that's not covered in your plan but you know is going to be expensive and you you feel should be covered you can always go first actually to your H- HR at your company and say hey I know this isn't covered with our benefits was it would you know really go a long way for x y and z reason for it to be covered and if you can proactively talk to HR um, sometimes you can avoid the ring and roll of of going through the insurance company. Um if something, if on the back end you find that something is denied and you're not making progress, that is kind of the, the last case um plan of, hey, like we've done everything that we can to try to get it approved. It's not approved, but we can ask for a benefit exception. Um by no means are these again normal. They take a lot of work, a lot of advocacy, uh, but they, they are there as this kind of like last ditch effort. Um, the last thing I'll say is around just the in-network piece. Um, there are a lot of things that are avoided. Like I mentioned earlier, if you go to in-network providers, um, a lot of times it's really difficult because maybe the in-network ones have long waiting lists or, um, Maybe they didn't have as high of reviews. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But there are just uh, like truthfully so many benefits of staying in network of just the claim submission process. If you go out of network, it's on you to submit claims. And none of us have experience in how to submit claims versus if you stay in network, provider does it on your behalf. And they're taking taking on the burden of doing, prior authorizations, submitting claims, and making sure that those go through. So as much as we can figuring out, all right, is this provider in my insurance network from the get go, ends up avoiding a lot of a lot of issues down the road. But know that that's not always. Fully realistic. It's it's always hard. Also, when you get a recommendation from someone else that says, "Oh, you have to go to this provider; they're the best," and then you figure out they're not in your network, it's kind of like, "Oh, what do I do?" Like, oh, I want to so see them. choices. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Such a letdown.
3: Yeah, exactly. But there, I'd say the there are uh, by being an advocate, you are able to um, at least let your voice be heard. There's a chance that they're going to be helpful. There's a chance that they're not going to be helpful and definitely get what you were saying earlier, Gene, about, wow, it's like, it's just energy depleting. There's just so like, I have limited amount of energy and do I want to spend it on this? So there, there could be something to picking your battles and is the $15 claim going to be worth two hours of my time? Maybe not, but is the $200 claim going to be worth it? probably. Um, but it's, it's not a fun process. It needs to be like, there needs to be drastic improvements in the health insurance space because it's just, it doesn't set families up for success. Um, and I am hopeful that there are, are going to be groups that continue to sprout up that just make things easier. And instead of also being reactive to, Oh, let's just make it slightly easier for someone to resolve things. Um, just needs to be more work done and making sure that these things don't happen from the get go. And yeah, I am hopeful that, that things will, that things will improve for the better sometime in the future. Uh, but
1: I'm glad somebody is, (laughs) I'm a little pessimistic about how, you know, it's all, it's all going. Um, it's just not, I mean, we, I, I actually now my mother-in-law helps me out, um, significantly with, with the health insurance. Cause it's just such a bear, yeah. like everything she's has OCD. She's extremely prudent. Um, you know, I, because I can say I probably a lot of families, this happened and I'm going to make this statement because I think, you know, it pe- might make some other people feel seen and heard is that when COVID hit, you know, the, what we were shouldered with at, we were, was even more. The load was even more. And so all of those little extra things that I was doing, making sure, you know, I was holding the insurance companies accountable. I was holding the providers accountable. I couldn't do it to the detail I was doing it before. And so I kind of just had to eyeball things, size it up and been like, well, as long as we're not over the out-of-pocket or, you know, or the the copay isn't totally incorrect, I'm just not going to worry about it. I had to say, I could, I know these bills aren't, I know, I know these aren't correct, but I literally can't take this on right now because yeah. I have so much else on my plate. Yeah. Um, but my mom was like, oh no, um, I'm going to do that. <laughs> uh, and I, she's like, are you okay with me doing that? And I said, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I, so I have my own liaison and I'm very blessed, uh, who, who helps me do those things. She, she measures things up against the website. Um, and there's a lot of things that don't make sense. There'll be, you know, it'll say on the website clearly, you know, about even a medication, you know, well, they don't, that they don't cover that. Well, when I go to the, pick it up from the pharmacy they are. They're covering a little bit of it <laughs> or now. And it says, Oh, well, it doesn't go towards your, your out of pocket or your, your deductible. Well, when you go on the website right now, temporarily, it is applied to my deductible. So it's like, it's crazy. they're not even applying things the way that it states that they would do it in the policy. Um, and so it's sometimes it's a gamble and sometimes you're like, well, I know they did this wrong, but this works out in my benefit. So I'm just not going to say anything. Um, we are all guilty of that and I am not gonna, you know, I'm not going to lie, but I just, you know, so I think that makes it even that much more confusing because it kind of is like, it's like, well, I thought the sky is blue, but apparently it's green. You know, it's, um, you know, you kinda of, you're you don't really know if you can't really trust it. And so that's really hard to keep that yeah. positive yeah, um collaboration and communication with the other people. And the other's like, was you just like you can't really trust it. And I that's why I said that when we did our insurance um episode, which actually published this week, you know, the the first thing I learned was it's their job to say no. And once Mm -hmm. you've accepted that, you're going, you, you know, that the the no's are going to come, um, you, you will be able to work through, figure out a way to work through this more fluidly. So, I mean, so I think, I think that's that. So your tips were great. I definitely resonated with, with all of them. They were definitely novel, um, to, to me myself. Um, and, uh, so we're going to have to figure out how we're going to be sharing those <laughs> once the, um, podcast releases. But, um, look, we, we said what we do at the end of every episode, we all do a, uh, a peak of the week. Um, and so we talk about just something that's spotlighted from uh, our family's lives or personal lives, um, that we share with our listeners. Um, so it's not just not everything is so focused on everything around, uh, Autism or the actual subjects that we're covering. So, um, did you think of something, Chris, that you wanted to share with everyone? Tosh isn't here to do her jingle, and I'm not singing for you. So, oh, come on. Uh, Brittany, you're the singer, so you could take over for Tosh.
2: I, I'll just tell you my peak of the week and not sing. That'll be your peak of the week is not listening to me. No. Okay. Uh, I'll go first, I'll, and you guys can think about it for a minute. But yeah, uh, so my. Third child is a freshman in high school, and he attended a. Um, apparently, this is a thing. They have these distance running uh, fiesta carnival. Like they call them, like fiestas and carnivals, and like, uh, like. I don't know, like they're, they're like a celebration of distance running, which is not my thing. Uh, But he loves it. And so it's just all distance running, like long, longer uh, races around the track. And he participated in that. This is his first year doing it. And he had, he comes from a large high school that um, does quite well in track and field. And uh, he was the only person on his team to get on the podium twice um, during all the races. And so when you get on the podium, you get a t-shirt. So he got two t-shirts and he's very, very proud of that and um, h- held them up. And we got a picture of him holding up both t-shirts in the air with a big grin on his face. And this is my child. He is, he is my um, my man of few words. He's, he's not one to to highlight his accomplishments or to say much, he's kind of the strong silent type and um, to see him so proud of himself and that huge smile across his face and to see him, you know, put in that hard work and, and see it pay off in a way, even if it's just this one time, you know, he was, he was kind of the star and it was really great to see that. So that was a huge peak for us.
1: Good job, Tyler. (laughs) It is
2: great job, Tyler.
1: That was awesome. Um, I'll go. So I'll go next. So to piggyback on that, since we're going to talk about our other children, um, uh, is that my daughter, so McKenna, um, cause I know we always talk about Rory, but McKenna got her letter, um, sent home that she got accepted into um, the GT program. So now she's in the gifted and talented program. Um, so starting second grade, she'll be taking, uh, gifted and talented, uh, English and social studies, And, uh, it's just interesting because it's like, you were, that's a real, like, it jumps out, um, of how my kids are really on two opposite ends of the spectrums here, um, you know, with their, with their educational journey, but we're super duper proud of her. Uh, however, it's questionable. She said, um, what does gifted mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and she's Have fun and I, with that one. I know. And I was like, well, I said, you are blessed with a lot of talents. And I was like, so it does sound kind of weird to say gifted and talented, but whatever. She just, she hasn't fully embraced, uh, what that actually means. She just, she's like, does this mean I'm going to take, am I going to be in different classes? Am I still going to be in second grade last year? She has a next year. She's just so, she's a lot of, and she's very inquisitive about her own accomplishments. So I think it's very funny and cute.
2: So go ahead. a lot of kids would be like, Does this mean I get gifts? Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, Where's the <laughs> presents? Yeah.
3: Oh, that's yeah. awesome, Jean, And um, yeah. congrats on that. And Brittany, congrats also on um, your son. That, that's awesome. I was a
2: Fiesta. Yay. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I was a, a runner in high school as well. And. Um, ah. I, love the love thinking back to the the days of races and being on podiums out it's unfortunately not on very many podiums um but uh congrats congrats <laughs> to your son um thank you my peak of the week was this past week i've tried yoga for the first time i got a, a yes. one week love it pass for yoga and i've discovered that there are many kinds of <laughs> yoga so on sunday i yes. ended up going to Restorative yoga, which was basically like sitting on the mat and doing some like light stretches, and it was nice and very relaxing. I really liked it. Um, Two nights ago, I went to way more intense yoga, where I was sweating the whole time, and Uh like one of the better workouts I've had in the whole this whole year. Uh, Tonight, I'm going to I think a yoga that's in between those. That is going to be a little bit more. more active than restorative. Um, but I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I'm someone who's like very not flexible. Um, I love, yeah. I love uh, like activities but I like in gym growing up I was always one of those people that you would do like the stretching exercise and I would barely be able to touch my knees and the gym teacher would be like yo you're supposed to stretch here I was like I'm trying my
2: best I am trying here <laughs> So I think this is me stretching yeah.
3: So I think this is a step in the right direction
2: I love it. I love yoga. One of my dear friends owns a yoga studio very near my house. So I get to go often and, um, there is very, very levels of yoga. You can really, there are things and muscles and positions and parts of your body that you will feel after that you did not know existed if you are in those more intense classes. So good for you for trying something new. Are you doing it by yourself or do you have a, a friend to go with.
3: Um, I have a friend who's who's teaching me the ropes.
2: Good, good. That's the way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> to joke about all the all the you know how you can't touch all those parts or move in that way <laughs> together. That's great.
1: That's so funny. All
2: right. Uh, well, that was amazing. Well, thank you so, yes. so so much for being here, Chris. This has been huge. I think a lot of people are going to gain a lot of knowledge and confidence, and hopefully um, feel empowered by your words and your experiences. Getting on here, really appreciate it. Well,
3: thanks, yes. Brittany. And yes. Thanks, Gene. It's great to be on You're here. Very thank welcome. you so much for for having me.
2: Yeah. Go check out Beaming Health. Yes. <laughs> All right. It was
1: great having you. We'll see everybody next time. Bye.